All right, here we are on Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. No April Fool's jokes for me to you guys today because we are living in an April Fool's kind of moment, so it feels. But anyway, it's very sunny. It's very bright outside. 73 degrees in Los Angeles, California. I mean, the sky is beautiful and it's warm in the house, so I might turn on the fan later. I'm not sure. Let's see. So how's it going? Let me check a pulse on the listeners. How are you doing? Where are where are you going today? Like it's a beautiful day. I was watching the news where some folks in Santa Monica, I believe, went out to the farmer's market. There was a bunch of folks. So it's kind of disheartening to see these folks, uh, you know, still venturing out, trying to live their life as normal as possible. But they're still not really staying six feet apart. It's not wise. So like what's happening in your little towns or your your little cities, your little states, in your little world? What's taking up space in your mind, you know? How are you handling like these constant news updates? There's literally news updates a couple of times a day. And, you know, from your mayors to your governors and things like that to the federal government, there's like ongoing updates and you know it's smart to know what's going on but like i've said before not to let it consume you like i've made it a point i think i've said this before not to turn on any news any tv until i you know had my time you know in my devotion or or reading or listening to music or watching, a, you know, a documentary on Hulu or whatever uh, streaming I'm using at the particular time. But, you know, I just try not to because it is serious. Uh, every time I turn around, update here, update there. I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, where, where the next, uh, I don't know, news breaking. A scenario to the point where we're like okay hold on okay how does this affect me yeah I'm not going out to the farmers markets anymore I was uh, in smart and final yesterday and I had to just get like groceries for the month because they said in mid-may that this pandemic will you know be at its its most powerful and most spread mid-may is is the peak so to speak so, like, I'm trying to get groceries for this particular month because I do live on disability month to month. Check comes in, thank God. So, I'm in smart and final. And people were real respectful of staying, like, seriously, six feet apart. With these Los Angeles folks, most of them, they're, they're really taking it seriously. So, I was grateful that... People were not crowding around me. I went in there. I got exactly what I needed. Did I did I buy a little more than usual? Absolutely, because I, I want to share what I have with those who may not have. So I'm going up to pay, and uh, you have to you stand on these stickers, and they got they're each six feet apart to keep the line you know orderly, but yet you know get six feet apart. So I take my turn. I'm letting the little old lady go who only has two things, who was, by the way, annoying. But, you know, I was like, Lord, help me, you know, just ignore her. And uh, so it's my turn. 
So I, you know, adhere to the six feet rule. My turn, I go up, I put my groceries down. Thanking the lady, I'm thanking the employees and, and, and telling them, hi, you know, I'm praying for them. I ask them how they're doing. One of the young girls looked like she wanted to cry. And I'm just trying to say again, back to my six feet, six feet away, still trying to encourage her, still trying to be, you know, grateful to her. And I just wanted to let them know, I appreciate that this store is open and it's fully stocked basically. Not so much toilet paper. I believe we got the last uh, four pack of toilet paper. And it wasn't, uh, you know, the best brand of toilet paper. But at this point, it is what it is. You get what you can. Anyway, so, you know, I'm done putting my groceries on the conveyor belt. And this lady who's wearing a mask, who's in the scrub. So if you're all scrubbed down head to toe in, in the medical gear, in the fashion, in the swag. I'm assuming you're in some kind of career of a caretaker or a nurse or I don't know. But this lady started putting down her groceries and you know, my eyes got so big, I started getting like a hot flash instantly because I was so angry that, you know, she was like that close to me i'm by then i'm not even breathing like as soon as i seen her i stopped breathing i'm like i don't even want to breathe in anything she got this mask on that's not an n9 mask to begin with so i'm all like whatever you may have i don't want and i, I just i couldn't deal with it and the uh, cash register lady was all like uh, ma'am, you need to stay six feet away, adhere to the stickers on the floor, That's and step on them, that's where you need to be. So she took control over the situation, because by that time, oh my lord, I'm going to have to use my cane to implement this six feet plus rule with this lady. But again, the cashier girl, God bless her, she saved the day, she implemented the guidelines and policies that Smart and Final is is following and they're following it great i mean they had the the those um clorox wipes the store brand of course but the clorox wipes there and i just couldn't get enough of them i'm just like almost hoarding them just washing down my my whole grocery cart and, and my gloves that i'm wearing i'm washing down the groceries as as i'm getting them and things like that with all of their store brand clorox wipes but i was just thinking of this lady i'm all like is she not watching the same news i'm watching is she so busy working that she just had a, a brain fart and just was not complying to the six feet but i think we got to be more vigilant because uh we've yet to see the worst of what's going on with this uh virus so Please, I mean, don't be afraid to remind people, you know, I was really in, in the, a tough spot because my initial uh, reaction is just to pop off at the mouth and be like, hey, man, kick back. You just can't roll up on me uh, all willy nilly. And I'm thinking, dude, do you not watch the same news as me? But God, the lady mm -hmm. handled it so professionally because the Eve part of me just wanted to just hit her with the cane but then the Mary part of me was all oh you know excuse me uh can you scoot back so there's this constant tug and pull of Eve and Mary that you know we all we all deal with but especially now when we're so you know uh, alert alert so we got to be vigilant so don't be afraid to use your words respectfully and nicely like you know what um 
you're a little bit too close. Or go get yourself a cane or, or a measuring tape like that fella on the news. But seriously. And another thing that I wanted to bring up that was kind of killing me softly. I was talking to Michael Mother about this. Uh, folks are real quick to sport the latex gloves. But they're not real quick to change them. So for instance, if you're going into a store, if you're going to put gas, if you're going to the doctor or wherever you need to go where you need those gloves on, uh, keep the mindset of, for instance, you go to the store, you're wearing your gloves, you're going, you're going to buy food. So you get the stuff. You put the stuff in your trunk or in your car, but before take the gloves off, put a new pair on, because you're just sitting there sporting the same germed up glove, pulling out your cell phone, thinking you're safe with your gloves. I don't know. You have to constantly change these gloves. And if you don't have multiple pairs, wash your hands with the gloves on, with the with the soap and things like that. Count it. Do your ABC song, but make sure that you're changing or washing those gloves if you don't have a lot. It's because we're spreading the germs. We're these people, you know, walking down the street with their with their gloves, talking on their phone, going to the store, riding their bike, and, and no one's changing their darn gloves. So keep that in mind, because it's really been bothering me and killing me softly. Maybe because I worked in, in a career where, like, we were like mandated. You change those gloves every time you're gonna clean up a child or change a diaper. There's like two or three glove changings and hand washing uh, procedures that we must follow. So I think those are the procedures that need to be implemented in our day-to-day -day life. And even when we're home and we're not going anywhere, please continue to wash your hands. Of course, you wash your hands after you use the restroom, but continue to wash your hands throughout the day because that killing the germ and the soap and things like that, that is going to curve the the spread and and the amount of cases that are passed on so just keep that in mind seriously and remember sanitize your cell phones your tablets your laptops your comp computer boards your doorknobs in your house the steering wheels in your car the knobs the 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 handles in your car things like that you better just get that spray on that lysol spray or or the Clorox wipes or alcohol, it's something. Just just remember those little things that you're always touching. Your remote control, goodness gracious, your remote control to to your televisions and, and every remote control, the, the fans, and because we're lazy, we got a remote control for everything. We'd be like, uh, you know, Surrey this and Surrey that, and, and I don't want to say the, the A word because, uh, my music will stop if I uh, say A-L-E-X-A because this heifer will, you know, be like, yeah, yes, Nina, what do you want? Things like that. So anyways, I hope that you're doing well. I'm praying for you. I hope you're enjoying this very beautiful sunny weather. Go out, take a breather. Of course, keep your spaces empty around you. Uh, well, go walk your dog if you have a pet. Go put on your like your praise and worship or your favorite music. Just go take a walk. Get that fresh air in. Feel that sun. Take a long ride if you, if you want to in your car. Because when you're in your car solo or even with your family, at least you're protected within your vehicle, which is a great idea. 
But let's see. Let's see. So yesterday, I was watching the news and the government, I mean, I'm sorry, the governor basically uh, ended the school year. Not necessarily ended it, but he, he let uh, the folks know in the Los Angeles school districts, uh, the class of 2019 and 20 uh, will be at home for the rest of the school year. So he's all, look, we're not opening the schools back up this year. Go ahead and continue to homeschool your children and i just think that parents are like they thought by april 30th okay they can do that you know they can deal with that time frame and then after that the kids can go back to school and what have you and then the governor pops on and he's all look i canceled the rest of the school year like within the classroom anyways so the class your new classrooms are going to be at home with your family so parents anxieties caregivers anxieties just skyrocket because they're like goodness gracious I got to do this until what June and things like that and some of them even have will have summer school still uh, remaining at home but uh, it's tough you know there's 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 stress and there's worry and there and there's fears with that because a lot of the families have been so accustomed to being on the go you know you have both parents working you have one two or one to two children plus in, in school, school-aged children. They have their different sports. They have their different activities. So, you know, the family structure got accustomed to like having this, this schedule and not really stopping to breathe or enjoy each other's company. Or they literally have to realize, look, I got to get to know my children again if they have lost touch with them. So that, you know, there's a certain anxiety in that in you know, a lot of these parents, they don't know how to be teachers in the sense of academic uh, categories of you're going to get your math, you got your science, you got your history and your English, things like that. So parents are like, wait a minute, what, what? You know, I'm not getting paid for this. So there has to be like an area or some space that our, that our parents could, could know that it's okay to ask for help. There's so many websites that can help the parents out. You got Google. If you ever want to know any particular answer to any question, you can Google it and, and just go on YouTube that they'll break down certain mathematical problems because these kids these days with the math, they do it uh, totally different from the early 80s when I was in school and things like that. So don't parents, don't be afraid to go online and all these awesome resources that help our parents just finish out the school year with their children. And don't forget, yes, do the math with them. Yes, do the science or guide them, but don't forget that PE. Don't forget those art activities because the brain works great when they have the music and movement, when they got the PE, take them outside let them get that fresh air or, or have don't be afraid to uh, put a blanket out on the grass in the front yard or the backyard and just have a little uh, classroom session out there field trips safe field trips around your yards around your um, neighborhoods safe field trips let's go and let's put our gloves on and let's collect the different kind of leaves that we see the different kind of rocks that we see let's take our cell phones and let's take pictures of different things that may interest us and we can go uh, back 
home later and go over the pictures and perhaps print them out and make a collage of the things uh, that we've seen today. And you can tie those into science. You can tie them into math. You can tie them into any... Uh, take a picture and have your child write a paragraph about that picture. Make up a story and things like that. So there's, there's a variety of ways on how to... You know, not get so bored, keep that education and learning fun, but your your teachers uh, have a guideline and an academic uh, plan on, on what they're giving your children, a curriculum, should I say. So follow that and get online and, and get comfortable. Don't, don't be intimidated, but give yourself time, solo time. Go take those walks. Continue just to breathe, pray, uh, cry if you gotta cry. Music is great, but just give your yourself as parents time alone so that you can be whole by the time you get back to the people that you need because your families need you whole, mind, body, and soul. And then your children can pick up on when you are stressed and things like that. So. Even praying with your kids. I encourage parents who are faith-based, you know, pray with your kids. And if you're not faith-based, learn, you know, holler at somebody who is and so that they can uh, help you. Just sit down. We're going to pray together. What's our goal this week? Set some goals and things like that. And remember to uh, make uh, cooking and, ma and making meals a part of your child's curriculum. Because I mentioned before, just... Um, baking homemade cookies with your children that's teaching them you know measurements math cause and effect textures and things like that so they're getting they're getting an ample uh, amount of information just following a recipe and things like that so moving on let's see I'm going to read my notes a little more because I wanted to stay more on uh, certain topics. So I was really thinking about what my next topic would be. And I it was prayer. And how our prayer life, how do we develop that? How do we establish a prayer life? I've had many people ask me in, in my what adult life, especially when I was working uh, with the Navy, I would get to know people, we would become friends or whatever. And one of the questions that folks always uh, asked me was like, they wanted to pray, but they said that they, that they didn't know how, which baffled me because I, I, I assumed and maybe I took for granted the privilege of a person knowing how to pray. And I, I thought maybe they were overthinking it. I thought, you know, prayer is basically a dialogue, a conversation. And it's, a, on the other hand, it, it is a different type of dialogue because you're talking, you're praying, uh, but God really is not like uh, physically vocal. So when I pray, I'm all, Lord, help me. Like the other day, with that yesterday with that lady all close by me I'm all Lord help me because I don't want to say something I don't want to be rude I don't want her to feelings because I know she is struggling just as much as the next person and as myself 
but like he's not gonna answer me in the sense of okay Joanne let me uh use the cashier lady to help you he's not gonna sit there and talk to me like I'm talking to you on this podcast or like you call up uh your family member and talk to them this that that's a different kind of dialogue that's a different kind of exchange so what I what I gathered was folks maybe thought they didn't know how to pray but they really did because it's just basically a conversation but maybe that they were intimidated by this big god in the sky and maybe felt unworthy but the cross in him dying for you and resurrecting for you and, and making you righteous and whole gave you access to even start have continue develop evolve that conversation with them that is a prayer life so I was all, okay, how do I answer this question? But I didn't want them to, to feel like uh, they were stupid either. So I would always say, well, let me pray for you. And I, you know, just a quick prayer, nothing, you know, too extensive. But I would also try to tell them, you know, the Lord did give us a format in the Bible, in the book of Matthew. He was all, okay, th this is, this is um, what I want uh, you to know. Because his disciples were the one that said, you know, uh, teach us how to pray. And these were his mentees, the 12, the 12 men that he chose, you know, which, by the way, they knew how to pray. But they came to the conclusion that G the way Jesus prayed and the way they prayed, there was a big gap. There was a big gap in the sense that they knew that there was a difference. That perhaps God's way of praying, Jesus's way of praying, wasn't uh, perhaps the way they prayed. They weren't getting the same results because the the apostles noticed, hey, when Jesus prays, he's able to walk on water. When Jesus prays, his prayers translate, and he can, you know, make a blind person see. When Jesus prays, he can he can make a crippled person walk. When Jesus prays, you know, things happen. Miracles follow, like dead people come back to life and things like that. And when they prayed, they were not getting those results. So they were like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, we've been praying like this all our lives, but we need you. And for the, the uh, less than a few years that we have you with us on the physical level, we see that your prayers are producing this kind of fruit that like literally change lives. So he broke it down. So when people ask me like, I don't know how to pray, you know, or can you teach me to pray? I try to always go back to the book of Matthew chapter six, verse nine through I believe 13. And he broke it down in the sense where he's all, when you pray, pray like this, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against me. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. For thou is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So he gave, he gave the church a format for the church. So for those people, especially right now, who are not used to perhaps having like a a prayer life that has some sort of pulse a regular prayer, prayer life and your prayers don't have to be like three hours long your prayers don't even have to be 
uh, 15 minutes long, but to establish a routine. And at the beginning, your prayer life is going to be very uh, short and sweet. Uh, but at least you're starting somewhere. So the so for the folks that might be intimidated to even establish a prayer life, uh, I would encourage them just don't overthink it. Pretend like you're talking to a friend because a friend is someone that, number one, you trust. A friend is someone you can depend on. A friend is someone you can tell all your secrets to. A friend is someone who's not going to judge you. A friend is someone who's going to forgive you. A friend is someone who's always going to look out for the best in, of your interests. A friend's also going to be the one to tell you the truth when you don't want to hear it. A friend is also going to protect you even if it means from yourself. So I encourage people to start with that. And it could be like, hey Lord, you know. Like, you know what's going on in the world right now, and, you know, today's April 1st. Look, the rent's due. Some bills are due. Like, and I, I, we don't have the resources to cover A, B, C, and D. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not using you as um, some magic ATM, but right now I need a little more peace. I need a little more strength. Like, I'm... I have to homeschool my children for the rest of this particular school year. I perhaps am not working right now because my industry happened to be hit with the virus, so they closed it down. So there's a lot of factors involved that are causing people to say, wait a minute, I really never prayed before, or I did, but it wasn't a lot. It wasn't not anything consistent, but right now I have the time and I have the, like, the desperation of, Look, I need to learn to pray or I, I want to pray more. So I would use that that uh, foundation because from using the, that prayer from Matthew 6 verses 9 through 13, you use that as your format and then you add to it because then from there you can start praying. Of course, you most of us already do, you know, pray for our families and what have you, but it can spiral into more of um, a long, not longer, but a more in-depth prayer. For your families, your parents, your siblings, spouses, children, grandchildren, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, co-workers. Pray for your town, your city, your state, your country. Please pray for your pastor and your churches and your neighborhoods and your enemies. Good Lord, pray for them too. They need Jesus just as much as we do. Pray for what burdens you. Pray for your needs. Pray for your heart's desires. Pray for, you know... A lot of us put off what we really want to do because we're so busy making a living that, you know, there's a lot of things that, that maybe perhaps we wanted to do in life. Uh, and we also pray and we tell God, thank you. You know, don't be a gimme, gimme, gimme kind of a prayer person. Always, you know, start off your prayers with, with a grateful heart, showing your gratitude towards him, expressing a heart of just thanksgiving and, and we also pray i always pray for wisdom i pray for guidance and directions in my decisions that i make for my life and everything that follows from that you know i i just want a dialogue with god a conversation with god it's my way of connecting to him and one of the first things i do when i do pray is i'm i'm like seriously i do recommend this ask for forgiveness just don't go bombard the lord without like setting the tone lord forgive me you know we all fall short we all make mistakes we are naturally human and prone to sin so you know i ask the lord please lord forgive me 
you know, and help me, Holy Spirit, in the areas that I need to evolve in, grow in, things that I need to cut off from my life, things I need to add, so that when I do come to you, my prayers go directly to the throne. They're not hindered by sin. And then establish a prayer life in a pattern that has these different um, areas, you know. So you begin your prayer with the Matthew 6, 9 through 13. You uh, offer your thanksgiving. You pray for your needs and those that you love. But remember, we ask for forgiveness and things like that. But prayer also lets the Lord know that you're making the attempt to show him, Lord, I don't, I know I like to be in control over my life, but here, these things are not working right now. Uh, things aren't adding up. I'm fearful. I'm scared. I'm stressed and what have you, especially with our children. Uh, you know, we can't send them to school. We can't go to the store and just walk in like we used to. A lot of the stores, they'll tell you only a few at a time when those folks are done shopping, uh, they leave and, and they let in more people just so that you don't, you know, crowd the stores. That six feet apart thing is, is really, really important. And with the prayer life, let's remember that he is our good shepherd. So if we like go to Psalms 23, and the Lord is my shepherd. These are the things that will help us develop our prayer life because uh, whoever wrote Psalms 23, I'm not sure if it was David, I should have Googled that for you, uh, who wrote Psalms 23. But I'll come back to you with that. But it says, basically, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if you read that, a good shepherd, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd provides, a shepherd protects, a shepherd guides, and a shepherd corrects. So I'm going to read some of my notes because these are good notes. I mean, like, I need to save these notes and just hang them up so that I can read them every day. So it says, well, I'm going to go back a little bit. When I was telling my parents, hey, take a walk, take a breather because the load it is heavy right now for you. But let's talk about that load we've been bearing. It's not ours to carry. Our, the exchange that the Lord gives us is give me those burdens, give me those worries, give me those fears, and I can exchange it. It's, it, it, it's here. Here's my peace. Here's my strength. Here's my love. Here's my concern. It's a good exchange. I'm all about that kind of exchange. And we have the ability to unlearn worry we have the ability to unlearn fear we've got to know that the anecdote to worrying is believing and having faith in god that he'll take care of us so when we read psalms 23 the lord is my shepherd what does a shepherd do again the shepherd provides for us the shepherd protects us the shepherd guides us and the shepherd corrects us he can't be your shepherd if you're going to keep yourselves in the pilot seat. I wrote that down. That That's all for me right there. You've got to get out of the seat and allow the Lord to fly the plane. Man, if I had a tambourine, I would just be like, ling, 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 ling. You can't ask the Lord to be your shepherd and not allow him to be God. Man, if we could all get this, we would be so better right now because right now, 
the first thing that fear does is want us to control. And if we're by nature control freaks, it's even harder because we need to unlearn this because we learned these tendencies. We learned these qualities of worrying. We learned these qualities of fear from whatever they took root in in our lives. We learned them. So if a person can learn fear, if a person can learn worry, if a person can learn doubt, if a person can learn disappointment, if a person can learn bitterness, a person can also unlearn these things. But you can't do that without praying and letting the shepherd provide the unlearning, protect you as you unlearn it, and guide you as you unlearn it, and correct you so that you can unlearn it. That means that God is in control and calling, he's calling the shots. We take the back seat. We follow his lead. He is the good shepherd and we know his voice. We And he is the good shepherd and we know his voice. So the more time we stay in prayer and the more time we get to know him as our father, as our creator, the longer you spend time with the person in relationship, you're going to learn their voice. You could be like, in a huge area like a park and if someone's calling your name and you know them and you spent time with them you're going to recognize their voice so the good shepherd you know we can recognize his voice if we develop our prayer life in our relationship with him we can't carry that god weight we weren't meant to carry that kind of load worry is basically fear we're trying to handle what we never we're trying to handle what we were never meant to handle. God isn't going to fight you for that control that you've refused just to let out of your grip. He won't yank it from you. He's, he's just not that kind of dude. He's like going to be like, give it to me. Give, give me your worry. Give me your anxiety. Give me your fear. Give me all this that comes with this virus, the Rona 19, give me all of that because it's not meant for you to carry. We were never designed to handle worry. We were never designed to handle fear. So he's all like, give me that. I can carry that for you. The exchange I'm going to give you, you're going to be better off for it. But that would require us to give up that control. And how many of us right now just want to be in control when everything's uncertain we want to be in control especially when we have people depending on us we've got to stay in control but the lord's all contrary contrary because i'm the shepherd and you've got to know my voice you, you've got to know that i'm going to provide for you you got to know that you're not going to starve you got to know that you know you plead the blood of jesus over you and your loved ones from any disease any virus you got to know that the Good Shepherd is going to guide you to safe places and safe seasons that are beneficial for you. They may be uncomfortable. You may not like it, but he's still going to guide you. He's still going to correct you. So you have to just keep that in, in mind. He won't yank that control out of your hand. Therefore, we got to give it up. Jesus, take the wheel. I have always loved that. Jesus, just take the wheel because we're like, we'll straight crash. Stay committed to that kind of living. Is it easy? Nope, but it's possible. It is very possible. It's doable. It's absolutely doable. We've got to learn to evolve in these areas and give up the control. We've got to. It's not easy. Trust me, because I'm a control freak. We've got to learn to stay in prayer. And the more prayer that we stay in, and the more we learn to hear and recognize it, His voice and implement what He's telling us to do, 
the easier it is to give up that control because there we then establish a relationship of trust you know which goes back to my original topic of prayer you have to you have to like be anchored in your prayer like the bible says pray without ceasing i'm all like like how does that what pray without ceasing so it's a continual dialogue so if we just like okay it's prayer but it's dialogue it's a conversation it's like don't stop talking to the lord throughout the day you could be you could be making mashed potatoes and just talking to him you could be fixing your bed and just talking to him you could be like reading your emails and just having a conversation taking a walk whatever read your bible stay in prayer uh and things like that but your prayer life is what is going to get you through these next months for sure but the the ironic thing about uh the disciples going back to the disciples who asked the lord you know teach us to pray and he broke it down he gave he gave them that matthew chapter 6 9 through 13 and with things like that the power that he he gave them he's all look you just gotta pray it, it it's gonna be the answer to a lot of things and i found in my life the stronger my prayer life the easy it is to control the worry to eliminate the worry it doesn't mean that it never shows its face again it means that i now have the tools that when it does show up i have the antidote to worry is my prayer life and my faith and the relationship that I established with him. That's the antidote to worry. That's the antidote to fear that says you've never failed me before. Why start now? You know? So, let's go. Let's start praying. You can even start a journal of prayer. Write it down. Write everything down and then you can reflect on your prayer life, you know, as the days go by but you know they, they the apostles even though they were with Jesus those years they still they were still challenged in their walk they were they still doubted they still feared they they still worried because when he was uh, uh, talking to the folks and and the groups were gathering large and and they be, the folks became hungry and the disciples were like oh my goodness there is only a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread they weren't they were just like let's just leave them but you know the lord's all we're gonna feed them and i'm gonna multiply i'm gonna provide for them and so as a disciple they were able to see this firsthand what the lord uh would provide them what they were in in return what the Lord was showing them, he was also teaching them that that this, what I'm doing, because I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. You're going to stay. I'm going to send you to the comforter. He's going to strengthen you. And what I'm doing right now and what you're seeing, you're also going to be able to accomplish. But you can't have that power of, of raising the dead back to life, of healing folks who are ill of the folks that can't see to see the folks that can't talk to talk you know you you gotta have to know that you're gonna you'll be able to carry this on and do more than what i'm doing now because you're going to 
reach more people because I'm going back. I've got to go back in order for the comforter to come. But those were my main topics to share um, to you because if we don't develop, establish, develop, implement, and live our prayer lives out, there's no victory. There's no victory. We're just like going rounds and rounds in circles. That's why, you know, it's good to establish this prayer life because it's going to help you with just even getting through the day with challenging people on the job. Pray. Because prayer will make you love those people who irritate you. Prayer will make you keep your mouth shut when you want to pop somebody upside the head. Prayer will make you feel for the person who you who maybe last month or last year you didn't have no kind of empathy for. Prayer will, will cause you to develop the heart of the Lord. And I think that's the biggest thing in order to win a lost, worried, hurt world to the Father is by us implementing a prayer life because in that we could implement the things that he implemented when he was here um so like i said for me personally the stronger my prayer life is the less i i worry because there isn't room for worry when your when your prayer life is strong so i basically have to choose it over and over again it doesn't come naturally it's an intentional thing that i do to an invisible it's an invisible action that i have to maintain in order to be exactly what God intended me to do. Because I don't want to waste any more time. So if I lack that, I'm not living to my full potential. And I just can't settle like that. The older one gets, the more clearer things become. Because it isn't about me anymore. It isn't about my, is it about the quarantine? Is it about homeschooling children? Is it about the, it isn't about the stimulus check that's on its way or the rent that's due today. It's me trusting the good shepherd, trusting that he will provide and make a way where I can't see it. Because I really can't sometimes. It's knowing that the shepherd will also protect me and my loved ones. Right. I'm busy right now. Wait. Because he cares. Sorry, that's grandpa. He's always hollering for me to do something. It's allowing this good shepherd to guide my steps and follow versus trying to always lead. Remember, get out of the pilot, the pilot seat. It's just not worth it. It's allowing this good shepherd to correct me, to bring me into alignment with his vision, his purpose and plan for his, for my life, for his kingdom. Remember, it ain't about you at the end of the day. It's not about me because once we start to trust and follow and stay in prayer, in prayer, people, we are the ones whose shadows fall on people and they be healed just like Jesus did. We are the ones who can walk on what others may drown in just like Jesus did. We've got, we've got to get this. I'm reading my notes because they're good. We've got to learn this. We've got to live this out daily. And it's an intentional thing. And in this pandemic, there's no better time and perhaps no other time as in now. So I'm pulling for you. I'm praying for you. And know that everything that I say, I'm working with myself. This I'm not. I'm not just like talking. Y'all talking to myself. I'm in it with you. But seriously, think about it. Your prayer life is your dialogue, your conversation with the Lord. Nothing is more important than that. 
nothing in the world will ever substitute for that. You, you know, you can have the best family and the best relationship, but if you're not having an ongoing, growing prayer life, you're not going to have everything that the Lord died for, for you to have. You're just, you know, you're, you're, you're cheating yourself because you could have like beauty for ashes. You could have oil of joy for mourning. He can, he can rebuild all the relationships that perhaps are have been broken and disconnected. He he can give you all these things. He can give you the peace that passes all understanding. He can give you the strength to, you know what, I'm going to take on another project. I'm going to take on this day and I'm going to be the one who's in control in authority in the sense of I can control my prayer life because I'm designating this amount of time. Uh, this is the time I laid out to connect with God, to talk with God. You, we can control that part of the aspect, you know, tell the kids, don't bother me. Don't bother me for 20, 30 minutes. I'm here. I'm reading. I'm doing my praise and worship. I'm praying. And remember, just don't overthink this prayer life thing. Just talk, you know. And of course, he's not going to be like, I'm talking to you right now. Like, oh, Joanne, you know, just do this, do, the, do that. You know, you're going to hear him in your heart. It's going to be very subtle. He's he's not a, he's not going to be coming down and, and ripping you a new one. That's not who he is. So, in closing, here's my fun fact right here, which was a great fun fact that I found. The oldest your mama joke was discovered on a 3,500-year-old Babylonian tablet. So these your mama jokes have been going on way back from the Babylonian days, which is hilarious to me. But I'm going to leave you with this. So far, two diseases that have been eradicated are smallpox and something called a renderpest. So this too will be eradicated, this Rona thing in Jesus' name. So stay blessed. Remember to pray, Google uh, different preachings on prayers, grab your Bible, read it, play your praise and worship, take that walk, breathe, love on yourself enough to develop your prayer life. See you later. All right, here we are on Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. No April Fool's jokes for me to you guys today because we are living in an April Fool's kind of moment, so it feels. But anyway, it's very sunny. It's very bright outside. 73 degrees in Los Angeles, California. I mean, the sky's beautiful and it's warm in the house, so I might turn on the fan later. I'm not sure. Let's see. So how's it going? Let me check a pulse on the listeners. How are you doing? Where are where are you going today? Like it's a beautiful day. I was watching the news where some folks in Santa Monica, I believe, went out to the farmer's market. There was a bunch of folks. So it's kind of disheartening to see these folks, uh, you know, still venturing out, trying to live their life as normal as possible. But they're still not really staying six feet apart. It's not wise. So like what's happening in your little towns or your your little cities, your little states, in your little world? What's taking up space in your mind, you know? How are you handling like these constant news updates? There's literally news updates a couple of times a day. And 
you know, from your mayors to your governors and things like that to the federal government. There's like ongoing updates and, you know, it's smart to know what's going on. But like I've said before, not to let it consume you. Like I've made it a point. I think I've said this before, not to turn on any news, any TV until I, you know, had my time, you know, in my devotion or, or reading or listening to music or watching, a, you know, a documentary on Hulu or whatever uh, streaming I'm using at the particular time. But, you know, I just try not to because it is serious every time I turn around update here update there I'm not I'm not sure you know where where the next uh, I don't know news breaking uh, scenario to the point where we're like okay hold on okay how does this affect me yeah I'm not going out to the farmers markets anymore I was uh, in smart and final yesterday and I had to just get like groceries for the month because they said in mid-May that this pandemic will, you know, be at its its most powerful and most spread. Mid-May is, is the peak, so to speak. So like I'm trying to get groceries for this particular month because I do live on disability month to month. Check comes in, thank God. So I'm in smart and final and people were real respectful of staying like seriously six feet apart with these los angeles folks most of them they're they're really taking it seriously so i was grateful that people were not crowding around me i went in there i got exactly what i needed did i did i buy a little more than usual absolutely because i i want to share what i have with those who may not have so I'm going up to pay and uh, you have to, you stand on these stickers and they got, they're each six uh, feet apart to keep the line, you know, orderly, but yet, you know, get six feet apart. So I take my turn. I'm letting the little old lady go who only has two things, who was by the way, annoying, but you know, I was like, Lord help me, you know, just ignore her. And uh, so it's my turn. So I, you know, adhere to the six feet rule. My turn, I go up, I put my groceries down. Thanking the lady, I'm thanking the employees and, and, and telling them hi. You know, I'm praying for them. I ask them how they're doing. One of the young girls looked like she wanted to cry. And I'm just trying to say, again, back to my six feet. Six feet away, still trying to encourage her. Still trying to be, you know, grateful to her. And I just wanted to let them know I appreciate that this store is open and it's fully stocked, basically. Not so much toilet paper. I believe we got the last uh, four pack of toilet paper. And it wasn't uh you know the best brand of toilet paper but at this point it is what it is you get what you can anyway so you know i'm done putting my groceries on the conveyor belt and this lady who's wearing a mask who's in these scrubs so if you're all scrubbed down head to toe in, in the medical gear in the fashion in the swag i'm assuming you're in some kind of career of a caretaker or a nurse or I don't know but this lady started putting down her groceries and you know my eyes got so big I started getting like a 
hot flash instantly because I was so angry that, you know, she was like that close to me. I'm By then, I'm not even breathing. Like, as soon as I seen her, I stopped breathing. I'm like, I don't even want to breathe in anything. She got this mask on that's not an N9 mask to begin with. So I'm all like, whatever you may have, I don't want. And I, I just, I couldn't deal with it. And the uh, cash register lady was all like, uh, ma'am, you need to stay six feet away, adhere to the stickers on the floor, That's and step on them, that's where you need to be. So she took control over the situation, because by that time, oh my lord, I'm going to have to use my cane to implement this six feet plus rule with this lady. But again, the cashier girl, God bless her, she saved the day, she implemented the guidelines and policies that Smart and Final is is following and they're following it great i mean they had the the those um clorox wipes the store brown of course but the clorox wipes there and i just couldn't get enough of them i'm just like almost hoarding them just washing down my my whole grocery cart and, and my gloves that i'm wearing i'm washing down the groceries as as i'm getting them and things like that with all of their store brand clorox wipes but i was just thinking of this lady i'm all like is she not watching the same news i'm watching is she so busy working that she just had a, a brain fart and just was not compliant to the six feet but i think we got to be more vigilant because uh we've yet to see the worst of what's going on with this uh virus so Please, I mean, don't be afraid to remind people, you know, I was really in, in the, a tough spot because my initial uh, reaction is just to pop off at the mouth and be like, hey, man, kick back. You just can't roll up on me uh, all willy nilly. And I'm thinking, dude, do you not watch the same news as me? But God, the lady handled it so professionally because the Eve part of me just wanted to just hit her with the cane but then the Mary part of me was all oh you know excuse me uh can you scoot back so there's this constant tug and pull of Eve and Mary that you know we all we all deal with but especially now when we're so you know uh, alert alert so we got to be vigilant so don't be afraid to use your words respectfully and nicely like you know what um you're a little bit too close or go get yourself a cane or, or a measuring tape like that fella on the news. But seriously. And another thing that I wanted to bring up that was kind of killing me softly. I was talking to Michael Mother about this. Uh, folks are real quick to sport the latex gloves. But they're not real quick to change them. So for instance... If you're going into a store, if you're going to put gas, if you're going to the doctor or wherever you need to go where you need those gloves on, uh, keep the mindset of, for instance, you go to the store, you're wearing your gloves, you're going, you're going to buy food. So you get the stuff. You put the stuff in your trunk or in your car, but before, take the gloves off, put a new pair on, because you're just sitting there sporting the same germed up glove pulling out your cell phone thinking you're safe with your gloves on no you have to constantly change these gloves and if you don't have multiple pairs wash your hands with the gloves on with the with the soap and things like that count it do your abc song but make sure that you're changing or washing those gloves if you don't have a lot it's 
because we're spreading the germs with these people you know walking down the street with their with their gloves talking on their phone going to the store riding their bike and, and no one's changing their darn gloves so keep that in mind because it's really been bothering me and killing me softly maybe because i worked in, in a career where like we were like mandated you change those gloves every time you're gonna clean up a child or change a diaper there's like two or three glove changings and hand washing uh, procedures that we must follow so I think those are the procedures that need to be implemented in our day-to-day -day life and even when we're home and we're not going anywhere please continue to wash your hands of course you wash your hands after you use the restroom but continue to wash your hands throughout the day because that killing the germ and the soap and things like that that is going to curve the the spread and and the amount of cases that are passed on so just keep that in mind seriously and remember sanitize your cell phones your tablets your laptops your com computer boards your doorknobs in your house the steering wheels in your car the knobs the 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 handles in your car things like that you better just get that spray on that lysol spray or or the clorox wipes or alcohol something just just remember those little things that you're always touching. Your remote control, goodness gracious, your remote control to, to your televisions and, and every remote control, the, the fans, because we're lazy. We've got a remote control for everything. We'd be like, uh, you know, Surrey this and Surrey that, and, and I don't want to say the, the A word because... Uh, my music will stop if I uh, say A-L-E-X-A because this heifer will, you know, be like, yeah, yes, Nina, what do you want? Things like that. So anyways, I hope that you're doing well. I'm praying for you. I hope you're enjoying this very beautiful sunny weather. Go out, take a breather. Of course, keep your spaces empty around you. Uh, well, go walk your dog if you have a pet. Go put on your like your praise and worship or your favorite music. Just go take a walk. Get that fresh air in. Feel that sun. Take a long ride if you, if you want to in your car. Because when you're in your car solo or even with your family, at least you're protected within your vehicle, which is a great idea. But let's see. Let's see. So yesterday... I was watching the news and the government, I mean, I'm sorry, the governor basically uh, ended the school year. Not necessarily ended it, but he, he let uh, the folks know in the Los Angeles school districts, uh, the class of 2019 and 20 uh, will be at home for the rest of the school year. So he's all, look, we're not opening the schools back up this year. Go ahead and continue to homeschool your children and I just think that parents are like they thought by April 30th okay they can do that you know they can deal with that time frame and then after that the kids can go back to school and what have you and then the governor pops on and he's all look I canceled the rest of the school year like within the classroom anyways so the class your new classrooms are going to be at home with your family so parents anxieties caregivers anxieties just skyrocket because they're like goodness gracious I gotta do this until what June and things like that. And some of them even have will have summer school still uh, remaining at home. But uh, it's tough, you know. 
there's 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 stress and there's worry and there and there's fears with that because a lot of the families have been so accustomed to being on the go you know you have both parents working you have one two or one to two children plus in in school school age children they have their different sports they have their different activities so you know the family structure got accustomed to like having this this schedule and not really stopping to breathe or enjoy each other's company or they literally have to realize look i gotta get to know my children again if they have lost touch with them so that you know there's a certain anxiety in that and you know a lot of these parents they don't know how to be teachers in the sense of academic uh categories of you know you got your math you got your science you got your history and your english things like that so parents are like wait a minute what what i'm not getting paid for this so there has to be like an area or some space that our that our parents could could know that it's okay to ask for help there are so many websites that can help the parents out you got Google. If you ever want to know any particular answer to any question, you can Google it and, and just go on YouTube that they'll break down certain mathematical problems. Because these kids these days with the math, they do it uh, totally different from the early 80s when I was in school and things like that. So don't parents, don't be afraid to go online and all these awesome resources that help our parents just finish out the school year with their children and don't forget yes do the math with them yes do the science or guide them but don't forget that pe don't forget those art activities because the brain works great when they have the music and movement when they got the pe take them outside let them get that fresh air or, or have don't be afraid to uh, put a blanket out on the grass in the front yard or the backyard and just have a little uh, classroom session out there. Field trips, safe field trips around your yards, around your um, neighborhoods, safe field trips. Let's go and let's put our gloves on and let's collect the different kind of leaves that we see, the different kind of rocks that we see. Let's take our cell phones and let's take pictures of different things that may interest us and we can go uh, back home later and go over the pictures and perhaps print them out and make a collage of the things uh, that we've seen today and you can tie those into science you can tie them into math you can tie them into any uh, take a picture and have your child write a paragraph about that picture make up a story and things like that so there's there's a variety of ways on how to you know not get so bored keep that education and learning fun but your your teachers uh have a guideline and an academic uh plan on on what they're giving your children a curriculum should i say so follow that and get online and and get comfortable don't don't be intimidated but give yourself time solo time go take those walks continue just to breathe pray uh, cry if you gotta cry music is great but just give your yourself as parents time alone so that you can be whole by the time you get back to the people that you need because your families need you whole 
mind, body, and soul. And the children can pick up on when you are stressed and things like that. So even praying with your kids. I encourage parents who are faith-based, you know, pray with your kids. And if you're not faith-based, learn, you know, holler at somebody who is and so that they can uh, help you just sit down. We're going to pray together. What's our goal this week? Set some goals and things like that. And remember to uh, make uh, cooking and, ma and making meals a part of your child's curriculum. Because I mentioned before, just um, baking homemade cookies with your children, that's teaching them, you know, measurements, math, cause and effect, textures, and things like that. So they're getting, they're getting an ample uh, amount of information just following a recipe and things like that. So, moving on. Let's see. I'm going to read my notes a little more because I wanted to stay more on uh, certain topics. So I was really thinking about what my next topic would be. And I it was prayer. And how our prayer life, how do we develop that? How do we establish a prayer life? I've had many people ask me in in my what adult life, especially when I was working uh, with the Navy, I would get to know people, we would become friends or whatever. And one of the questions that folks always uh, asked me was like, they wanted to pray, but they said that it, that they didn't know how, which baffled me because I, I, I assumed and maybe I took for granted the privilege of a person knowing how to pray. And I, I thought maybe they were overthinking it. I thought, you know, prayer is basically a dialogue, a conversation. And it's, a, on the other hand, it is a different type of dialogue because you're talking, you're praying, uh, but God really is not like uh, physically vocal. So when I pray, I'm all, Lord, help me. Like the other day, with that yesterday with that lady all close by me I'm all Lord help me because I don't want to say something I don't want to be rude I don't want her to feelings because I know she is struggling just as much as the next person and as myself but like he's not gonna answer me in the sense of okay Joanne let me uh use the cashier lady to help you he's not gonna sit there and talk to me like I'm talking to you on this podcast or like you call up uh, your family member and talk to them. Is that, that's a different kind of dialogue. That's a different kind of exchange. So what I, what I gathered was folks maybe thought they didn't know how to pray, but they really did because it's just basically a conversation, but maybe that they were intimidated by this big God in the sky and maybe felt unworthy. But the cross and him dying for you and resurrecting for you and, and making you righteous and whole gave you access to even start, have, continue, develop, evolve that conversation with them that is a prayer life. So I was all, okay, how do I answer this question? But I didn't want them to, to feel like uh, they were stupid either. So I would always say, well, let me pray for you. And I, you know, just a quick prayer, nothing you know, too extensive, but 
I would also try to tell them, you know, the Lord did give us a format in the Bible, in the book of Matthew. He was all, okay, th this is, this is um, what I want uh, you to know. Because his disciples were the one that said, you know, uh, teach us how to pray. And these were his mentees, the 12, the 12 men that he chose, you know, which by the way, they knew how to pray. But they came to the conclusion that G the way Jesus prayed and the way they prayed, there was a big gap. There was the big gap in the sense that they knew that there was a difference. That perhaps God's way of praying, Jesus' way mm -hmm. of praying, wasn't uh, perhaps the way they prayed. They weren't getting the same results because the, the apostles noticed, hey, when Jesus prays, he's able to walk on water. When Jesus prays, his prayers translate and he can, you know, make a blind person see. When Jesus prays, he can, he can make a crippled person walk. When Jesus prays, you know, things happen. Miracles follow, like dead people come back to life and things like that. And when they prayed, they were not getting those results. So they were like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, we've been praying like this all our lives, but we need you. And for the, the uh, less than a few years that we have you with us on the physical level, we see that your prayers are producing this kind of fruit that like literally change lives. So he broke it down. So when people ask me like, I don't know how to pray, you know, or can you teach me to pray? I try to always go back to the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 through I believe 13. And he broke it down in the sense where he's all, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against me. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. For thou is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So he gave he gave the church a format for the church. So for those people, especially right now, who are not used to perhaps having like a, a prayer life that has some sort of pulse, a regular prayer life and your prayers don't have to be like three hours long. Your prayers don't even have to be uh, 15 minutes long, but to establish a routine. And at the beginning, your prayer life is going to be very uh, short and sweet, uh, but at least you're starting somewhere so the so for the folks that might be intimidated to even establish a prayer life uh, i would encourage them just don't overthink it pretend like you're talking to a friend because a friend is someone that number one you trust a friend is someone you can depend on a friend is someone you can tell all your secrets to a friend is someone who's not going to judge you a friend is someone who's going to forgive you a friend is someone who's always going to look out for the best in, of your interests. A friend's also going to be the one to tell you the truth when you don't want to hear it. A friend is also going to protect you even if it means from yourself. So I encourage people to start with that. And it could be like, hey Lord, you know, like you know what's going on in the world right now. And you know, today's April 1st. Look, the rent's due. Some bills are due. Like, and I, I we don't have the resources to cover 
A, B, C, and D. So you know, I'm not you. I'm not using you as uh, some magic ATM. But right now, I need a little more peace. I need a little more strength. Like I'm, I have to homeschool my children for the rest of this particular school year. I perhaps am not working right now because my industry happened to be hit with the virus, so they closed it down. So there's a lot of factors involved that are causing people to say, wait a minute, I really never prayed before, or I did, but it wasn't a lot. It wasn't not anything consistent. But right now, I have the time, and I have the, like, the desperation of, look, I need to learn to pray, or I, I want to pray more. So I would use that, that uh, foundation because from using the that prayer from Matthew 6 verses 9 through 13 you use that as your format and then you add to it because then from there you can start praying of course you most of us already do you know pray for our families and what have you but it can spiral into more of um, a long not longer but a more in-depth prayer for your families your parents your siblings spouses children grandchildren aunts uncles cousins friends co-workers pray for your town your city your state your country please pray for your pastor and your churches and your neighborhoods and your enemies good lord pray for them too they need jesus just as much as we do pray for what burdens you pray for your needs pray for your heart's desires pray for you know a lot of us put off what we really want to do because we're so busy making a living that you know there's a lot of things that that maybe perhaps we wanted to do in life uh and we also pray and we tell god thank you you know don't be a gimme 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 kind of a prayer person always you know start off your prayers with with a grateful heart showing your gratitude towards him expressing a heart of just thanksgiving and, and we also pray i always pray for wisdom i pray for guidance and directions and my decisions that i make for my life and everything that follows from that, you know, I, I just want a dialogue with God, a conversation with God. It's my way of connecting to him. And one of the first things I do when I do pray is I'm, I'm like, seriously, I do recommend this. Ask for forgiveness. Just don't go bombard the Lord without like setting the tone. Lord, forgive me. You know, we all fall short. We all make mistakes. We are naturally human and prone to sin. So you know, I asked the Lord, please, Lord, forgive me, you know, and, and help me, Holy Spirit, in the areas that I need to evolve in, grow in, things that I need to cut off from my life, things I need to add, so that when I do come to you, my prayers go directly to the throne, they're not hindered by sin, and then establish a prayer life in a pattern that has these different um, areas, you know, so you begin your prayer, with the Matthew 6, 9 through 13, you uh, offer your thanksgiving. You pray for your needs and those that you love. But remember, we ask for forgiveness and things like that. But prayer also lets the Lord know that you're making the attempt to show him, Lord, I don't. I know I like to be in control over my life, but here, these things are not working right now. Uh, things aren't adding up. I'm fearful. I'm scared. I'm stressed and what have you, especially with our children 
you know, we can't send them to school. We can't go to the store and just walk in like we used to. A lot of the stores, they'll tell you only a few at a time when those folks are done shopping. Uh, they leave and, and they let in more people just so that you don't, you know, crowd the stores. That six feet apart thing is, is really, really important. And with the prayer life, let's remember that he is our good shepherd. So if we like go to Psalms 23, and the Lord is my shepherd. These are the things that will help us develop our prayer life because uh, whoever wrote Psalms 23, I'm not sure if it was David, I should have Googled that for you, uh, who wrote Psalms 23, but I'll come back to you with that. But it says, basically, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if you read that, a good shepherd, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd provides, a shepherd protects, a shepherd guides, and a shepherd corrects. So I'm going to read some of my notes because these are good notes. I mean, like, I need to save these notes and just hang them up so that I could read them every day. So it says, well, I'm going to go back a little bit. When I was telling my parents, hey, take a walk, take a breather because the load it is heavy right now for you. But let's talk about that load we've been bearing. It's not ours to carry. Our, the exchange that the Lord gives us is give me those burdens, give me those worries, give me those fears, and I can exchange it. It's it, it it's here. Here's my peace. Here's my strength. Here's my love. Here's my concern. It's a good exchange. I'm all about that kind of exchange. And we have the ability to unlearn worrying. We have the ability to unlearn fear. We've got to know that the anecdote to worrying is believing and having faith in God, that he'll take care of us. So when we read Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, what does a shepherd do again? The shepherd provides for us, the shepherd protects us, the shepherd guides us, and the shepherd corrects us. He can't be your shepherd if you're going to keep yourselves in the pilot seat. I wrote that down. That, that's all for me right there. You've got to get out of the seat and allow the Lord to fly the plane. Man, if I had a tambourine, I would just be like, ling, 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 ling. you can't ask the Lord to be your shepherd and not allow him to be God. Man, if we could all get this, we would be so better right now because right now, the first thing that fear does is want us to control. And if we're by nature control freaks, it's even harder because we need to unlearn this because we learned these tendencies. We learned these qualities of worrying. We learned these qualities of fear from whatever they took root in in our lives. We learned them. So if a person can learn fear, if a person can learn worry, if a person can learn doubt, if a person can learn disappointment, if a person can learn bitterness, a person can also unlearn these things. But you can't do that without praying and letting the shepherd provide the unlearning, protect you as you unlearn it, and guide you as you unlearn it, and correct you so that you can unlearn it. That means that God is in control and calling, he's calling the shots. We take the back seat, we follow his lead. He is the good shepherd and we know his voice. We and he is the good shepherd and we know his voice. So the more time we stay in prayer and the more time we get to know him as our father, as our creator, 
the longer you spend time with the person in relationship, you're going to learn their voice. You could be like in a huge area like a park and if someone's calling your name and you know them and you spent time with them, you're going to recognize their voice. So the good shepherd, you know, we can recognize his voice if we develop our prayer life and our relationship with him. We can't carry that God weight. We weren't meant to carry that kind of load. Worry is basically fear. We're trying to handle what we never, we're trying to handle what we were never meant to handle. God isn't going to fight you for that control that you've refused just to let out of your grip. He won't yank it from you. He's, he, he's just not that kind of dude. He's like going to be like, give it to me. Give, give me your worry. Give me your anxiety. Give me your fear. Give me all this that comes with this virus. The Rona 19. Give me all of that because it's not meant for you to carry. We were never designed to handle worry. We were never designed to handle fear. So he's all like, give me that. I can carry that for you. The exchange I'm going to give you, you're going to be better off for it. But that would require us to give up that control. And how many of us right now just want to be in control? When everything's uncertain, we want to be in control. Especially when we have people depending on us. We've got to stay in control. But the Lord's all contrary. Contrary because I'm the shepherd and you've got to know my voice. You, you've got to know that I'm going to provide for you. you got to know that you're not going to starve. you got to know that, you know, you plead the blood of Jesus over you and your loved ones from any disease, any virus. you got to know that the Good Shepherd is going to guide you to safe places and safe seasons that are beneficial for you. They may be uncomfortable. You may not like it, but he's still going to guide you. He's still going to correct you. So you have to just keep that in, in mind. He won't yank that control out of your hand. Therefore, we got to give it up. Jesus, take the wheel. I have always loved that. Jesus, just take the wheel because we're like, we'll straight crash. Stay committed to that kind of living. Is it easy? Nope. But it's possible. It is very possible. It's doable. It's absolutely doable. We've got to learn to evolve in these areas and give up the control. We've got to. It's not easy. Trust me because I'm a control freak. We've got to learn to stay in prayer. And the more prayer that we stay in, and the more we learn to hear and recognize it, His voice and implement what He's telling us to do, the easier it is to give up that control because there, we then establish a relationship of trust. You know? Which goes back to my original topic of prayer. You have to, you have to like, be anchored in your prayer life. The Bible says pray without ceasing. I'm all like, like, how does that, what? Pray without ceasing. So it's a continual dialogue. So if we just like, okay, it's prayer. But it's dialogue. It's a conversation. It's like, don't stop talking to the Lord throughout the day. You could be, you could be making mashed potatoes and just talking to him. You could be fixing your bed and just talking to him. You could be like, reading your emails and just having a conversation, taking a walk, whatever, read your Bible, stay in prayer, uh, and things like that. But your prayer life is what is going to get you through these next months for sure. But the, the ironic thing about uh, the disciples, going back to the disciples who asked the Lord, you know, teach us to pray. 
and he broke it down. He gave he gave them that Matthew chapter six nine through thirteen, and with things like that, the power that he he gave them, he's all look. You just gotta pray. It it it's gonna be the answer to a lot of things. And I found in my life, the stronger my prayer life, the easier it is to control the worry, to eliminate the worry. It doesn't mean that it never shows its face again. It means that I now have the tools that when it does show up, I have the antidote to worry is my prayer life and my faith and the relationship that I established with him. That's the antidote to worry. That's the antidote to fear that says you've never failed me before. Why start now? You know? So let's go. Let's start praying. You can even start a journal of prayer. Write it down. Write everything down and then you can reflect on your prayer life, you know, as the days go by. But, you know, they, they, the apostles, even though they were with Jesus those years, they still they were still challenged in their walk. They were, they still doubted. They still feared. They, they still worried. Because when he was uh, uh, talking to the folks and, and the groups were gathering large and, and, the, they, the folks became hungry and the disciples were like, oh my goodness, there is only a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. They weren't, they were just like, let's just leave them. But you know, the Lord's all, we're going to feed them and I'm going to multiply. I'm going to provide for them. And so as a disciple, they were able to see this firsthand what the Lord uh, would provide them, what they were in, in return what the Lord was showing them, he was also teaching them that that this, what I'm doing, because I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. You're going to stay. I'm going to send you to the comforter. He's going to strengthen you. And what I'm doing right now and what you're seeing, you're also going to be able to accomplish. But you can't have that power of, of raising the dead back to life, of healing folks who are ill of the folks that can't see, to see the folks that can't talk, to talk, you know, you you gotta have to know that you're gonna you'll be able to carry this on and do more than what I'm doing now, because you're going to reach more people. Because I'm going back, I've got to go back in order for the comforter to come. But those were my main topics to share um, to you, because. If we don't develop, establish, develop, implement, and live our prayer lives out, there's no victory. There's no victory. We're just like going rounds and rounds and circles. That's why, you know, it's good to establish this prayer life because it's going to help you with just even getting through the day with challenging people on the job. Pray. Because prayer will make you love those people who irritate you. Prayer will make you keep your mouth shut when you want to pop somebody upside the head. Prayer will make you feel for the person who you who maybe last month or last year you didn't have no kind of empathy for. Prayer will, will cause you to develop the heart of the Lord. 
And I think that's the biggest thing in order to win a lost, worried, hurt world to the Father is by us implementing a prayer life because in that we can implement the things that he implemented when he was here. Um, so like I said, for me personally, the stronger my prayer life is, the less I, I worry because there isn't room for worry when, you're, when your prayer life is strong. So I basically have to choose it over and over again. It doesn't come naturally. It's an intentional thing that I do. To an it's an invisible action that I have to maintain in order to be exactly what God intended me to do because I don't want to waste any more time. So if I lack that, I'm not living to my full potential. And I just can't settle like that. The older one gets, the more clear things become. Because it isn't about me anymore. It isn't about my, is it about the quarantine? Is it about homeschooling children? Is it about the, it isn't about the stimulus check that's on its way or the rent that's due today. It's me trusting the good shepherd, trusting that he will provide and make a way where I can't see it. Because I really can't sometimes. It's knowing that the shepherd will also protect me and my loved ones. I'm busy right now. Wait. Because he cares. Sorry, that's grandpa. He's always hollering for me to do something. It's allowing this good shepherd to guide my steps and follow versus trying to always lead. Remember, get out of the pilot, the pilot seat. It's just not worth it. It's allowing this good shepherd to correct me, to bring me into alignment with his vision, his purpose and plan for his for my life, for his kingdom. Remember, it ain't about you at the end of the day. It's not about me. Because once we start to trust and follow and stay in prayer, in prayer, people, we are the ones whose shadows fall on people and they be healed just like Jesus did. We are the ones who can walk on what others may drown in just like Jesus did. We've got, we've got to get this. I'm reading my notes because they're good. We've got to learn this. We've got to live this out daily. And it's an intentional thing. And in this pandemic, there's no better time and perhaps no other time as in now. So I'm pulling for you. I'm praying for you. And know that everything that I say, I'm working with myself. This I'm not I'm not just like talking to you. I'm talking to myself. I'm in it with you. But seriously, think about it. Your prayer life is your dialogue, your conversation with the Lord. Nothing is more important than that. Nothing in the world will ever substitute for that. You, you know, you can have the best family and the best relationship, but if you're not having an ongoing, growing prayer life, you're not going to have everything that the Lord died for, for you to have. You're just, you know, you're, you're, you're cheating yourself. Because you could have, like, beauty for ashes. You could have oil of joy for mourning. You can, he can rebuild all the relationships that perhaps are, have been broken and disconnected. He, he can give you all these things. He can give you the peace that passes all understanding. He can give you the strength to, you know what, I'm going to take on another project. I'm going to take on this day. And I'm going to be the one who's in control and authority in the sense of, I can control my prayer life because I'm designating this amount of time. Uh, this is the time I laid out to connect with God, to talk with God. You, we can control that part of the aspect. You know, tell the kids, don't bother me. Don't bother me for 20, 30 minutes. I'm here. I'm reading. 
I'm doing my praise and worship, I'm praying. And remember, just don't overthink this prayer life thing. Just talk, you know. And of course, he's not going to be like, I'm talking to you right now. Like, oh, Joanne, you know, just do this, do, the, do that. You know, you're going to hear him in your heart. It's going to be very subtle. He's he's not a, he's not going to be coming down and, and ripping you a new one. That's not who he is. So, in closing, here's my fun fact right here, which was a great fun fact that I found. The oldest your mama joke was discovered on a 3,500-year-old Babylonian tablet. So these your mama jokes have been going on way back from the Babylonian days, which is hilarious to me. But I'm going to leave you with this. So far, two diseases that have been eradicated are smallpox and something called a render pest. So this too will be eradicated, this Rona thing in Jesus' name. So stay blessed. Remember to pray. Google uh, different preachings on prayers. Grab your Bible. Read it. Play your praise and worship. Take that walk. Breathe. Love on yourself enough to develop your prayer life. See you later.